The Carmen and Yurko podcast is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Check out the ESPN Chicago Games, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka at ESPNChicagoGames.com. Watch us compete against each other. Share memories and laughs, all for charity. Tito's Handmade Vodka celebrates 25 years. Cheers to you, Chicago. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank State Street Studio. On WMVP, WSAT HD2, Chicago. Is ESPN 1000 a good Karma Brands radio station? Hope you're having a great day. Meller's in for Yurko. It's Carmen and Yurk. Peggy's going to do the show with me tomorrow, and we're going to be doing it live in Dallas on the road with White Claw for the Week Eight matchup. So join us if you're uh, happen if you're uh, going to happen to be in Dallas this weekend. If you're going tomorrow, if you're going for the game, if you live down in the Dallas area, if you're a, tra- a transplant and you listen, we are going to be at the Twin Peaks in Irving. 1500 Marketplace Boulevard in Irving, Texas, tomorrow doing the show, noon until 2.30. And then Sunday, Meller and Dion have pregame here in Chicago, but Yurko and Peggy will have the postgame live in Dallas at the Twin Peaks in Grand Prairie. So hopefully we see you tomorrow if you're going to Big D or if you're living down there for Bears and Cowboys. I want to take more of these phone calls, but we also got some fresh Luke Getze sound. We can yeah, Meller. OC. Talk a little Luke Getze. Uh, you know, the Bears dropped 33, obviously, on Monday. That's only the second time since the start of last year the Bears have a 30-point performance. We know this offense struggles. It's the first time they've scored uh, that many points. It's the most points they've scored since putting up 33 against the Vikings in a December game of 2020. So it hasn't happened very often, right? And, Carm, it very easily could have been 40 if they didn't take a knee. They took a knee, that's true, which so, I was fine with. Yeah, no, yes. of course, I loved it. But, like, think about it. Like, the offensive output 40. very easily could have been 40 points. The Bears haven't scored 40 since, again, uh, December of 2020 when they beat up on the hapless Jags. So they don't get to that uh, threshold very often. This was Luke Getze talking about uh, what was most satisfying, scoring 33 on Monday night in primetime. It was more about the way the way that we did it more than necessarily, you know, getting 33 points or whatever. Um, I thought, you know, it was probably our most physical game that these guys, our guys played. Um, you know, we had guys get go down kind of in and out of the game, and so other guys had to step in in a bunch of different reps, and there was no blink, and uh, the guys were prepared to play. Uh, so I thought that was really the, a really cool part about that whole day was the, the play style, the physicality of it, and then when you needed guys to step in and play, they were ready to rock and roll. Yeah, Bears dominated pretty much every facet. Here's Getsy talking about how much of the run game and some of the creative things they did, especially with Justin, how much of that was installed during the mini-buy? Um, I mean, we've been doing it all year. I think what, the, what we do with our entire offense is we try to get, you know, get the premier play against the defense. And so, uh, you know, they presented some cool opportunities for us that we were able to kind of get uh, better angles and stuff with the quarterback run this, this past week. So we wanted to make sure we took advantage of it. Um, it, it didn't hurt that we had an extra day, but... Uh, um, as far as like necessarily creating a new offense, and then, no, we didn't do anything differently that from that perspective, and we went about it uh, the way we kind of always do in, in our game plan part of it, and what, you know what gives us the best opportunity, what gives all eleven guys the best opportunity to succeed. So, kind of interesting, poo pooed it a little, not poo pooed, I guess, but like not as much. No, we didn't just sit down and create a new playbook in the mini buy, you know. And no, yeah, and not that I expected that that was the case, but they did do some things that whether they put Justin Fields more at ease or whether it was just the fact that they were able to exploit some things because of that extra day. Um, I'm encouraged by the fact that Luke Getze showed us he's capable of this, right? Uh, There was a lot of hand-wringing about 
the fact that we haven't seen it prior to this. I'm willing to be open-minded about the fact that as a new play caller, he needed some time to kind of see what he had. And now that he's had an opportunity, you know, seven games in here to kind of understand what he's working with, I'm hopeful that, you know, because look, it was easy for, it was not easy, but it was probably the only way an OC coming in here who's going to be a first-time OC knows about going installing their offense. You do what you know, right? right. And so what did he know? He knew an offense run by Aaron Rodgers you know, and Matt LaFleur in yeah. Green Bay. And so it just stands to reason that he was going to come in and try and you replicate, replicate it a that, little right? bit. Yeah. But now maybe he sees that, okay, I, need to, I, I don't have that at my disposal. Yeah. I need to change things up a little bit. And I'm hopeful that... We're going to see more of this going forward all year long. Yeah, you know, it, uh, if we see like a change and a shift a little bit in some of the things they do offensively, maybe what they prioritize and how much more efficient they can become, you know, might remind you of what Nick Sirianni and the Eagles did last year because I think they tried to be one thing for about the first six, seven games, and they realized, yeah, Jalen's not quite there yet, and obviously A.J. Brown wasn't there yet, and they're like, maybe this isn't us. And, like, boom, on a dime. They they really kind of shifted their offensive philosophy and how they called plays, how they scripted games. And it worked to their benefit. Now they've kind of gotten back to a place where they think Jalen's getting a little bit better. By all accounts, Jalen Hurts had a really great summer and proved to them that he's capable of more. And, you know, it's not Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert airing it out or, or Josh Allen airing it out in that offense, but it is more explosiveness and letting Jalen do kind of a combination of the things that work well for him. But uh, maybe they found some of that. You know, that's good coaching. Sirianni and that staff deserved credit, and they got it a lot last year for being able to change on the fly like that. They, they went out with a whimper. They weren't prepared to go down to Tampa and win a playoff game. But it got them to the playoffs last year. And now look what they've built yeah. going into this year. Uh, finally, we got to play this. This is the brass tacks, right? We've all talked about number 11. I mean, Micah Parsons is something. 20 sacks since coming into the league last year. That's fifth most in the NFL. He is second in the NFL in total quarterback hits and total TFL since the start of last last year. I believe T.J. Watt. T.J. hasn't even played five games this year, six games this year. And I think T.J. Watt is still the leader in those categories, if you can believe it. That's That's absurd. It's absurd. And I think T.J. Watt is still on top. Micah Parsons is second. How do you block Micah Parsons? Here's Luke Getze. Oh, I mean, just his his uh, flexibility. I mean, the guy literally lines up all over the place. There's not many interior linebackers that can rush the passer in the history of the game the way that this guy can. Um, it kind of reminds me of, like, I think it was, like, 14 when I was in Green Bay with, like, Clay. When we were down, we got all these guys hurt. Move Clay to inside linebacker. I mean, that's what this guy looks like. Um, he's amazing, and so... The challenge of knowing where he's at and uh, is, is definitely one of the biggest tasks and able to have success against these guys. Yeah, circle that guy at all times. One more we wanted to play, actually, because uh, Meller caught this one. This is about uh, Cole Komet um, and his production to this point. Been a little spotty, better, obviously, on Monday. Here was Luke Getze talking about Cole Komet. If you asked me, I wouldn't even have known how many catches he had. Um, the guy's been a, been a stud for us. Um, he makes critical plays. He plays. He, he plays as hard as anybody on this team. I mean, there's. I said I was joking with our staff. I feel like whenever I get so excited when he has the ball in his hand because the way he's so violent, he so and he finishes each run. I just, you know, he, he's doing everything uh, that we've asked of him. He's doing it to the best of his ability. He's being a great leader on the team too. So, um, I'm, I'm 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 probably always sounding cliche up here, and, and that's okay because uh, I I just really love the buy-in of these guys. I mean, like I said last last week, Mooney could complain about not having a touchdown either, and the guy's been just getting better each and every week in every part of his game. So, uh, you know, and Cole's in my mind doing the same. All right, 
Talking up his guy. No touchdowns yet for Cole Komet. No touchdowns last year for Cole Komet. I think they need to throw him the ball a little bit more in the red zone if they if they could possibly find some ways. But um, he had a he had a good game last week. But he's listen. He's a, he's a good inline blocker right too now. for you know for a tight end. Like some of the I think the maybe the difference is that when he was drafted, he was drafted under Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and you know it's so easy to say hey. Is this going to be your Travis Kelsey? Right. It's maybe right, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's lazy on our part sometimes, and that's a oh, high it's bar. It's, it's unfair and it's a high bar to reach. And Travis Kelsey isn't much of an inline blocker. Cole Komet, sure. maybe it probably is. You know, because he's asked to do it more, uh, a better blocker than Travis Kelsey is. Now they're different type of players. So I think sometimes too, you have to go you know on the granular granular level and say Cole, Cole Komet does not you know he does different things. So he's not going to be Travis Kelsey anyway. And as long as they're functioning the way they were on Monday night, I'll buy into the idea if the OC is telling you he's a stud. And if All they right. keep scoring 33-plus points with a kneel down in the fourth quarter that could have we'll gotten to 40, I, I'm not going to quibble with it. Cole Komet was the first tight end taken in his draft class, a uh, draft class that is not shaping up to be a great one for tight ends at this point. But even though he was a second-rounder, he was the first tight end taken. Uh, let's go to Julian in Tinley Park on ESPN 1000. Julian, what's up? How you doing, guys? Good, man. Uh, yeah, so about that entrepreneurship, uh, yeah. me and my buddy in middle, in middle school, actually, uh, beginning of seventh grade, I don't know if you guys remember when chips were 25 cents and sure, the little barrel of, of the juices and the, and the gums. Yeah. So uh, we had a bright idea of everyone could go up to them asking for gum. So every morning before school, we'd go to the corner store, stack up on chips, gum, and juices, and... Let's have a blast. Let's uh, make some money. Did you get Did you get pinched at some point? Did the school catch uh, you? And yeah, tell you because to stop? yeah, because kids would uh, wait actually outside of our classrooms. Yeah, so we go. got out of class. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, how long did the so operation did, How long did the operation actually run smoothly, Julian? A, a year A year until we left to go to high school. Not bad, not bad. Though you got a year out of it. It's pretty good. Make a little side change. I'm I'm sensing a common theme here, Carm. That. Uh, the younger kids seem to find that the sugar rush is a very profitable business. My uh, good friend and neighbor, Monica, she actually uh, owns three dry cleaners now. So oh, she actually wow. got started, it looks like, in high school. She sent me a text. She said, I sold candy from Sam's Club at four times the price to make money for spring break to South Padre Island. Unbelievable. She said that her mom said the only way she could go is if she made money to, to, to send herself. Eventually, the principal uh, caught her and said that uh, she was ripping people off. She said, hey, I, I set price at the demand. So. Right. She, she I mean, learned she, early, and now she's and, and, a very successful... She's a business owner. Yes. See, it's a wonderful thing. And also uh, her and Izzy, the two biggest cowboy fans I know. Mm. So, uh, Oh, boy, this big weekend. And Izzy has had a bone to pick with you at time, time from time to time when you've been bad, critical of the Cowboys. Yes. Uh, who am I critical of? The coach. No. He, he, he also uh, is blinded by his, uh, his silver and, and oh, blue yeah. love for the Cowboys, so... I don't have a lot of love for the Cowboys. I got to be honest. You know, <laughs> America's team rubs America's you the wrong team way. My ass. I never liked them. <laughs> well, you and can... I, I was cheering for the Bills the year they played them in the Super Bowl. Uh, I liked the Bills more <laughs> well, than which I liked one? the Cowboys. The first well, or second two. time they That's lost. Right. They yeah. played twice. The, when, Neither one of them when, ended well. Was this when Thurman lost his helmet or not? Yeah, I think okay. that I did. Was like, why can't Thurman Thomas find his helmet? What why exactly is Davis in the game? What see exactly what is happening? Yeah, like I think I was already maybe too old to be. Wrapped up in the allure of the Cowboys. Well, I was too young for Staubach. You know, I was too young for the 70s Cowboys, really. And then I was too old for the 90s Cowboys. But, you know, if you grew up, 
if you were born in 1985, let's say, you know, you might be a Cowboy fan because all you saw in the, the early to mid-90s was well, uh, a dynasty and a great team with Hall of Famers. In Monica and Izzy's defense, they grew up in Texas. So. Well, that helps, yeah. yeah. But there are Cowboy fans everywhere. I do get it because of that. There are 49er fans everywhere because of Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and, you know, it probably Steelers. would have been Steelers for sure. Four, four, four Super Bowls in the 70s. 100%. And even Bears fans going through the generations. You know, you found them everywhere across the country because the Bears were, believe it or not, at a time considered to be one of the model franchises and the charter franchise. And there was a, a sort of a mystique about them for a long time. Listen, they still hold the record for most wins in NFL history. They do. They, they share it with the Packers right now, but it would be... Uh, yeah. Or no, actually, because of the win on Monday night, uh, Bears still have one they still up now on have them. a yeah. one a one game lead. And uh, love it. And listen, hey, Packers have a tough game this week, so maybe so just the maybe the, the Bears don't relinquish that. Uh, I think that, I that think record, which seemed like it was inevitable. I don't know. It. You're saying that, but wait a minute. Right. Look at where the Packers are right it's now. It's True, with not a quarterback who's not getting any younger. No, the Bears are on point. the ascent. We'll see. Roberts in Gage Park. What up, Robert? Hey, what's going on, guys? All right, so when I was 14 years old, I was a freshman. I got a job at Caesars Inn over there on 79th Street. So I used to do the banquet parties Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They had no control of what the liquor that got used, and it was the cheapest stuff (laughs) ever. You're talking about Dimitri, Gordon's Vodka. Gordon's. uh, uh, With a T. Tangeray, Parmesan. And I used to be the guy. I used to be the barback. So guess what? Monday morning comes, I got my backpack full of liquor, and my little brother was 12 years old. I used to come with me, oh and I used to stuff his backpack with it. So Monday, we everybody needed to call me, and I had to sell them for 10 bucks a bottle. And so what, you'd, and pour, time, you'd pour it out into, like, little bottles, and then you'd sell them for 10 bucks, like a small bottle? No, I used to uh, bring them before school, and they used to meet me. Oh my! And then God. you know whatever they do before school, hey, that's on them. I go inside the school <laughs> with an empty backpack. This is so illegal, Robert. How? When so, did you? When did you get caught? I did it. That's the problem. <laughs> Love so, it. So, so then I graduated into uh, working at Jewels during the week, and for some reason the people there were stealing like crazy. So guess what? I started taking my own stuff too. So now I had Hennessy. Now I had Hennessy, oh and I had uh, 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 Grey Goose. I upgraded, so now people, the girls that were turning 14 to 15 are the, having cotillions. They're inviting me to their party so I can sell liquor to all, all of the students. Robert, so guess what? let me ask you. Yeah, it, so, do you ever look back now and say, boy, that was sort of foolish and irresponsible of me? Or are you like, yeah, no, F it, I made a lot of money. I made a lot of money. Ah, thank you, yeah. Robert. <laughs> He's stealing Hennessy from the jewels. Yeah. I got one more that I just thought of too. Right, I forgot about this one. Go ahead. Uh, then we got it. Then we'll break. We'll play McKnight at the movies. Weed. I was thinking oh. about. I was wondering if did you were going to go there. Of, did you sell weed? <laughs> it was. I was more of a middleman for those weed. that wanted to uh, try it or the not the usual partakers. <laughs> they knew that I always <laughs> had it, and so you were a pusher. Did yeah, you ever it was put like a? Pencil, like, did you ever put pencil shavings in a bag and try to pawn it off? No, no, I'm not. I oregano. wouldn't do that. I would. I would pinch their bag a little bit though. Not like I'm not, not sure I know what that means. It Adam. means so like, I don't, you know. I mean, right. I know one thing it might mean. But. So an eighth is three and a half grams. They might get three point three grams. Oh, okay, all right. You're cutting. Uh, you ever uh, like uh, import some 
Colombian Coke and cut it and no, you know, do I mean, anything funny this? with it? No, no, oh, I'm, I was no. just wondering. Yeah. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to start an yeah, epidemic. Yeah, he was flying it in on his private plane. Uh, yeah, you know me. Yeah. I'm, I'm running drugs like yeah. it's blow over here. Yeah. He's flying that one prop on, all Taking the way down two, there and back. Taking to the airport, walking out with two different ones that kind of look the same. Uh, Does all of it before homeroom. Oh, yes. my God. All before homeroom. We'll play McKnight at the movies coming up next. Stream ESPN 1000 anytime through the ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to, 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 to Carmen and Yurko. This Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. McKnight at the movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yurko. Only on ESPN Chicago. Every Thursday, McKnight at the movies. Brought to you by Lou Malnati's. Oh, that sounds like a good... Uh, Dinner and a movie night. A little Lumel's deep dish. So the winner will get a gift card to Lou Malnati's Pizzeria. We'll play along with you. Meller doesn't know. I don't. Fucking Abdallah know. They can't play. But uh, let's try to figure out what movie Connor's got cooked up for us today. When you think you know, first correct caller wins at 312-332-3776. That number again is 312-332-3776. It is that simple. You ready? Let's go. All right. We're off and running. Here we go. McKnight. What do you think? Halloween movie, maybe? Ooh. Interesting. Right, Could right. be a horror flick. Horror flick? Possibility. Let's see what he's got cooked up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. World Series starting as well. Ah, yes. I've got an yes. idea. I wonder if he's going to go this. I've got an I'm going to try and jump see if I got to. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. Here's part one. Our scene opens on an over-the-shoulder shot. We've got our two main characters meeting for the first time, it looks like. One, just kind of a normal-looking guy, stands in the middle of the room. He's suggesting something to the other and coyly. This guy's asking about breaking the rules. We can tell almost right away he's never done this before in his life. Never broken the rules. It's not a cardinal rule he's breaking. Pretty minor in the scope of things, especially back in the mid-90s. The other guy, dressed in a jumpsuit, immediately Mm, takes offense to this moderately illegal suggestion. Stunned, he silently descends into this sunken living room, weird layout in this apartment, to confront the hoodie-wearing average guy. He wants names. He's trying to force him to rat out whoever suggested such a thing. Mid-90s. It's not what you thought. No, it's not. And as of right now, the Twitchers do not have it at the moment. Twitch today brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Nice. All right, let's play part two. I'm not quite sure yet. Mid-90s, main characters, one's in a jumpsuit, one's in a hoodie. Hmm. Here's part two. A bit on our actors. Both are legend. The dorky one, the dweeb, made his name about a decade before this film while playing one of the coolest characters of all time. He can sing, he can dance, and he's faced down a monster. The other guy, the jumpsuit, is an enormous star, one of, if not the face of the movies in the 90s. In real life, he is nearly as out there as the character he's playing. This movie has some great other actors. Apatow's Muse, Dewey Finn, Dr. Tobias Funke, Lightning McQueen, the crazy guy from News Radio, not the one with the ridiculous podcast, plus Ben Stiller and the other guy from Tenacious D, both in cameos. (laughs) Yeah, I got it. Uh, there was something that uh, tipped me off there, and that when he was talking about the actors, the dweeb Twi- who was Twitch just... still does not really? have it. Yeah, I beat the Twitchers, which is kind of yeah. rare. I think we think we might. Have I, a caller I don't think we have a caller yet. Wow, either. really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got it. The clue to me that gave it away was the dorky dweeby guy who also happened to play one of the coolest movie characters of all time. That was the giveaway for me, and then it just sort of came together in my mind. I happen to love this movie. 
um, for sure. So, all right, here is part three. Back to the scene. The jumpsuit, he's on the job, has just about wrapped up rattling off the consequences of the suggestion. This guy has a lisp, too. It's part of the character. The nerd backs down, but the other guy was just messing with him. Turns out he's down to hook him up. There's a social awkwardness about this guy. It can't be the first time he's made a house call and tried to make friends. Not sure he has too many of them. This movie got panned when it came out, but most would say it's aged rather well. Still, you can't please everyone when you're following up a turn as Ace Ventura. Anybody that pans that movie, that's why sometimes critics drive me crazy. And we critique things all the time, but all the time. But sure. my goodness, that is, how could you pan this movie? I'm just jerking your chain. Uh, I think we have a winner. Do you like this movie? Or you I, like, do. Yeah, I do. No, I, no, I like it. I like I it. I, it's also... I'm just trying one to think. All, it's one of the great dark comedies to me ever made. Like, yeah. truly weird and disturbing, but also hilarious and awkward. And, and I would say I enjoyed it. I think I like it more than Ace Ventura. Uh, I, think I agree I with do, you. I think I do, too. Totally yeah. agree. I mean, like, Ace Ventura is funny and it's pure lunacy, but this is a better movie yeah. than Ace Ventura. There's no doubt about it. Black, you guys, you guys like this one, too? Yeah, this Love is it. a great yeah. movie. Great. Love it. Love it. All right, here we go. Rick and Schomburg. What's the movie, Rick? Cable guy. It is Cable Guy. Nicely done, buddy. Sit tight. Hold on. Adam will get your info. We will send you a gift card to Lou Malnati's, and here's the reveal. One thing. I, I have this friend, and and he gave his Cable Guy $50, and then he got all the movie channels for free. Did you ever hear of anything like that? What's his name I wanted? You mean illegal cable? Um... Yeah. Who told you that? What is his name? I want it. Oh, forget it. You're offering me a bribe. What you have just done is illegal. And in this state, if convicted, you could be fined up to $5,000 or spend six months in a correctional facility. Oh, oh, please. No, that was dumb. I'm just, I was just making conversation. Forget it. Uh... <laughs> I'm just jerking your chin. <laughs> you are too easy. <laughs> Wake up, little snoozy. Smell the smell and salt. <laughs> I'll juice you up. It's the best, man. I absolutely love it. They're speaking yeah. some weird language. I think it's Asian. <laughs> it's Do you know? Um, so I, I just <laughs> within the last month rewatched the uh, the Truman Show oh, with my, with my daughter. One. It's it's a weird watch. I don't know when the last time you shot. It's saw been it. years. It's a it's a weird watch though to <sighs> experience with my twelve year old daughter who knows no life where. Videos mm. and cameras aren't everywhere. That so is, it's, it, it's a, it was a, I was trying to explain, and she obviously got it, but it's just a weird thing to watch for, for someone who has experienced life in that time period. Yeah, like she's never known not having everything right there so, to see on demand with like cameras everywhere. And well, and reality TV is reality like, TV. you know, it's like watching Ed TV. You remember? Do you remember? I, what, vaguely, but the but the Truman Show was so far ahead of its time because reality television hadn't really penetrated no. every network the way it had when it was, first came out. No, um, and I just bring that up because obviously we're talking about Jim. It was Carey. a very like uh, the, I should go back and watch the Truman Show because I think you bring up a good point, and there could be some. I don't know if enlightening is the right word, but there could be some interesting things you discover and feel I, about you, that movie that you don't remember I think because it's, of the world we live in now. But it's just disturbing, though, to see. I remember, you know, the Truman Show, I think, was widely praised. Yes, I believe and, But then was. if you go back and watch it now, it's weird to see how much, how little impact it actually had. 
because, you know, the underlying theme of the movie, you know, is, is you know, not to be watched and consumed yeah. by everybody in every waking moment. Oh, and yet it seems opposite. like, yes. It's going opposite, yes. buddy. Yes. 1998 for the Truman Show. It was part of an unbelievable run for Jim Carrey. Oh, from yeah. Like Ace Ventura into... <laughs> And I don't know the exact, uh, if I've got this in chronological order, but like, you know, Cable Guy and Truman Show and uh, the Andy Kaufman movie they did was really, really Man good. On the Man on the Moon yeah. was fantastic. And he just, you know, he became one of the biggest, all from playing a goofy character that he played, uh, 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 all a goofy Mad character. TV? That, yeah, like a, this this little obscure guy who was on Mad TV, not Mad TV, he was on... Um, he was in on Living Color. One. In Living Color. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yes. He, 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 I like got this, my, my Fox late night this sketch obs- comedies. So here's his obscure actor from In Living Color, like does this Ace Ventura movie, and it blows up completely. And so, like he becomes one of the biggest stars on the planet. This is what he went: Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and the Dumber, Man, the Mask. Batman Forever, uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, The Cable Guy, Liar Liar, which is a great movie. Great movie. Uh, the Truman Show, and then Man on the Moon. Incredible oh. run. I mean, really. Like, and he was like Me, a twenty million dollar. Irene is a great movie. Love it. Bruce Almighty has moments where it's like I'm telling you, he was like a twenty million dollar actor. And then every, Eternal yeah. Sunshine, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, That's which is a great movie. Great movie. That's a really good movie with very little yeah. comedy, but still a great and movie. A, and a lot of those were big blockbuster hits: The Mask and Dumb and Dumber. And uh, obviously Ace Ventura, so much so they made a second one, which was just hard to even stomach getting through. I mean, I, I enjoy the first one, and it's got a lot of slapstick hysterical moments, but the second one is really bad. But, yeah, like, you just out of nowhere, Jim Carrey became Ooh. this thing that was just like, holy cow. Favorite he was Jim- also the Grinch. He was. What's your yes, favorite Jim Carrey movie, guys? Probably this one. Probably Cable Guy. I think for me. Me, myself, and Irene is up there. I think I, I, think I go Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber's hard to beat. For me, it's this mm. one. Abdel's thinking here. Liar, liar is really good. It is good. I think it, it might be liar, liar. But this is his best performance because, like, he's so disturbed and he's still so funny. Yeah. Shout out, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Nope, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> all right. Nobody liked this Riddler. Nobody liked this Riddler. I did not care for that. Yeah. Yeah, those all those movies were just bad. Period. That wasn't his fault. Fun with Dick and Jane. Fun with Dick and Jane had its moments. I love Tia Leone, so it's it's got its moments. I think it's probably for me, liar, liar, man on the moon. Man on the Moon, I, on the moon, I like a lot. I'd go, go Dumb cable. and Dumber, Man on the Moon. I'll go Cable Guy. Chris? Uh, Truman Show or uh, Man on the Moon, I think. Okay. I, wow, they're kind of spread And then the around. documentary yeah. he made about, about the man, man on the Moon, on the yeah, moon that's, is that's cool. Wild. The documentary yeah. might be better than Man yeah. on the Moon. You're right, Jeff. They, I, I, I need to watch that. I've never I think seen it's it. On Net- oh, well, it was on Netflix for a long time. He's in character the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's a on the movie set. about him wow. yeah. being in character and like... Trying he to channel an Andy ass Kaufman the entire time, I, I, yeah. and I, I think love he, Andy Kaufman. I'm old enough a yeah. little bit to remember the Taxi days of Andy Kaufman, like, and I think Andy Kaufman was hilarious. So I really do like that movie. I do think there's like truth in the fact that he seemed to lose his mind for a little bit doing the Andy yeah. Kaufman yeah. character. Yeah, like to, it might have mm-hmm. it might have yeah. been to the detriment of his career for a couple of years after that. It's like Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man, where he couldn't get out of the character, you know. Um, All right, when we come back, we'll go to Vegas. We'll talk to our buddy Todd Furman. Some best plays coming up. We'll break down some of the hot action this weekend in the NFL and in the college game. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. favorite parts of the week we get to go to vegas to talk to todd Furman. make sure you listen to the podcast the bet the board pod 
wherever you get your podcast. Great breakdown of the college and pro slate each and every week. And follow Todd on Twitter at Todd Furman. Yurt goes off today. He's out in Vegas, actually, playing round two today for the good kid. Meller's sitting in. Uh, are you going to uh, cross paths and have a cocktail with the good kid at all this weekend, Todd, since he's in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, Carm, I was about to rip into him, but he texted me today, said he was playing one of the more prestigious courses this afternoon, playing another tomorrow. So we may try and link up, but he's the only guy I know that comes to Vegas and leaves on a Saturday instead of at least going all the way through the weekend and a chance to take an NFL football in all its glory in one of our finer establishments. In fairness, we are. like He originally, you know, he had this plan forever, and then we th- this weekend came up where we had this opportunity with White Claw to take listeners to Dallas for the Bears game. So I'm leaving tonight, doing the show down there tomorrow. Yurko's joining us Saturday so that he can do the post-game show on Sunday. So I don't know if he would have stayed the full weekend anyway. In his mind, it's all just gambling and and golf, and he might not want to sit there and watch the football games, but he will be flying to Dallas to meet us there. So my logical follow-up to that then, Carmen, is my invite get lost in the mail. I'm not I good enough to do a live remote with you guys in Dallas Listen, on White you, Claw's dime. You Wait. already, you already yeah. left the home office once this year. That barely happens. I, I, I know it's say, not that, happening again. Todd, are you that, ever, that's, you that's a very good point. You really leave yeah, I mean, that's a good Sunday, point, Todd? Jeff. I, I try not to do a whole heck of a lot. I did have to find a local watering hole in Nashville to stool up when we were there. We actually got there about 90 minutes before the noon Eastern kickoffs, and uh, the waiter and bartender goes, how long are you guys going to be here? We go, about eight hours today, so we're going to make ourselves at home. (laughs) And pretty much by the end of the late games was convinced that we were going to get the remote and be able to toggle back and forth. But to your guys' point, the over-under for me to be away from home, other than like Thanksgiving weekend where I see the family, is typically a half, and the under is heavily juiced. (laughs) There you go. Um, All right, let's talk Bears-Cowboys. It's For the second straight week here, I mean, within the week, because they obviously played on Monday, they pulled one of the bigger stunners probably of the season, winning outright by you know 20 points as an eight-point underdog. Um, nine and a half. Uh, you know, over the summer, you were looking at about seven and a half. Does this kind of two-point move make sense considering what people think about the Cowboys in that defense? Or are you a little bit surprised considering how well the Bears did play on Monday night in New England? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last Thursday, and I said I thought the number was a little bit rich. Full disclosure, never got myself to the window with a ticket on the Bears, but I was pleasantly surprised with their willingness to establish Justin Fields on design quarterback runs. I'm not sure where that wrinkle has been all season long or why they continue to stay married to a full timeshare split in the backfield, but the Bears went out there. You know, they took New England's best shot. They could have easily wilted down 14-10, but were the dominant team over the, you know, better part of two quarters in the second half, and obviously got that momentum touchdown before the half. Now, this is a little bit of a different dynamic, because I think Dallas got its wake-up call last week against the Lions. They were pretty lethargic for the first 50 minutes. Unfortunately, for my bankroll and that of the listeners, we got that costly Lions fumble on the one-yard line, so they weren't able to go up 13-10, to which would have put us in the catbird seat. But this is a Dallas defense that's going to get after Justin Fields. You've now seen what that rushing attack looks like on tape, and I think it's going to be a lot more problematic for the Bears to consistently move the football. On the other side, Dallas wants to run the ball first and foremost, and I actually think it could be addition by subtraction for them if Ezekiel Elliott can't go and it's a steady dose of Tony Pollard. I'm not running to the window to lay the lumber with the Cowboys, but I want no part of the Bears in this spot. I think this game could get a little ugly with the Bears being on the road for the second time in a short week. Todd, the uh, Thursday nighter pits, I don't know if they're good teams because there might only be three in the NFL right now, but it's (laughs) an intriguing game between the Ravens in Tampa against the Bucs. Now, it looks like the Bucks opened getting a point. They're now a two-point favorite. How do you uh, play this one out? 
It's such a marquee matchup, or at least so we thought when the schedule was released. And here we are with the Bucks season kind of hanging in the balance. And you hate to call it a must-win of sorts, knowing that they play in a division where they're going to have plenty of mulligans throughout the course of the back half of their schedule. But at the same time, I think Tampa hit rock bottom with that offensive effort against the Carolina Panthers. Not often you see a team that's laying nearly two touchdowns muster a grand total of three points and lose by three scores. Now, we don't have a massive sample size with Tom Brady having back-to-back losses, but the games we do, it's pretty staggering what he does in Game 3. 15-0 straight up, 12-3 against the spread, and in 13 of those 15 games, his teams have gone on to win by double digits. And you look at Tampa in this spot, you talked about the number moving. I'm a little bit concerned about the secondary. No Antoine Winfield, which is massive when you're trying to slow down a mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson. No Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy bunting. But the Ravens aren't exactly a model of health in their own right defensively. So from a side perspective, I don't have a whole heck of a lot. I do think going over in the first half, as long as you're able to get a number shorter than 23, and there are some plenty of 22s and 22 and a half makes sense for a value proposition because all it's going to take is Tampa to find a little bit of confidence with one drive. I think Baltimore will be able to football, move the football against an overrated Bucks run defense. And I think we could be pleasantly surprised by a little bit of an offensive outburst, especially early. Who thought we'd uh, look at Giants Seahawks in week eight and be like, oh, it's kind of intriguing. I mean, Geno's played great. Uh, the Giants are six and one. I don't know how. I, as someone who had a Jags minus three ticket, I'm still trying to wonder what the hell happened last week, but it was a tough week for everybody uh, in the NFL for sure. So uh, what do we think about Giants and Seahawks where Giants are crossing the country as a three-point dog right now considering their record? Uh, is it a good spot to maybe buy low on them when they're getting points, or are the Seahawks really proven to people that they're a little bit legit and Geno's playing great football right now? I didn't have a Jags ticket. I had the over in that game, so oh. Travis Etienne will not be getting any oh. Christmas cards or Hanukkah gifts or anything along those lines for his fumble. And then, of course, to come up one yard short. But to your point, Carm, when you look at this Giants team, they've gone out there and they've just answered the bell every single week. 5-0 and straight up and against the spread as an underdog this season, making Brian Dable only the second coach in the Super Bowl era to pull off this feat. He joins the ranks of Bill Cowher. Pretty impressive company to keep for just those two guys. And if you look at a sample size that's not extensive, it's only 11 games. In the past 20 seasons, teams that are 6-1 and or better, listed as an underdog in their eighth game of the season, are 10-1 and against the spread and 9-2 and straight up. But I'm not running to the window to bet the Giants here. I don't like the back-to-back travel spots to Jacksonville and then across the country. We've seen this number open under the key number of three get bet up. Seattle going to probably be without the services of DK Metcalf, but Kenneth Walker has really shown uh, that he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And when you look at this Giants defense, they're most vulnerable against the run. Could have a mix of weather there, about 12 to 15 mile an hour winds in the forecast right now, a little bit of wet stuff coming down as well. If that's the case, I think it works in the Seahawks' favor, but it's tough to buy Seahawks stock at the top of the market. I haven't quite been able to adjust my power ratings enough for the Giants and the way the market has priced them, so it'll probably be a game that I find myself on the sidelines. And to be quite honest, it wouldn't shock me if the Seahawks win by a field goal. I'd feel truly validated staying away from this game if that was the case. A couple other NFC West teams playing on Sunday. The 49ers go to Los Angeles to take on the Rams at SoFi, and the Rams are fresh off the bye. The 49ers bring in a new toy in Christian McCaffrey, but it seems like outside of last year's NFC Championship game, Kyle Shanahan has had Sean McVay's number. How do you handicap this one? No doubt, and we saw that on full display back in week four where the 49ers beat the Rams 24-9, sacked Matthew Stafford seven times in that game, forced two turnovers, and it was Debo Samuel, six receptions, 115 yards, most impressively with that stat line. 
105 of his receiving yards were all run after the catch. We'll see if they're able to replicate that here. But I think Debo's a little bit more nicked up than the 49ers are letting on. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey. We'll see what his workload looks like, both as a runner and receiver, and how the 49ers are able to integrate him into the offense. The one thing to factor in when you're breaking this game down as well, the Rams won't have much of a home field advantage, if at all. The 49ers fans come out in full force in Southern California for this game every year. So I expect it to be about 60-40, maybe even more pronounced than that, for the 49ers. The Rams, even off a bye, I don't believe they can rectify everything that's gone wrong with this offensive line. Yes, center Brian Allen is trending up. He missed the game last time. Defensively, maybe they're able to get a little bit of pressure against the San Francisco front. But this spot would have set up much better to make a case for the Rams as a short home underdog if the 49ers weren't so disappointing in the second half last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Massive game on all fronts. I made the Niners a one-point favorite. Honestly, guys, if the Rams ended up moving to a slight chalk, I'd probably look to tease the 49ers up if I could get them at seven or better. Uh, One big uh, Big Ten game I did want to ask you about, and that's the Ohio State-Penn State game. Good win for Penn State last week, although it was a little bit easier with some of the key injuries for Minnesota, of course, without its top receiver for the rest of the year, and Tanner Morgan didn't play. Um, and it was still, you know, so maybe the final score not totally indicative of just uh, how good Penn State is, but how about in this particular rivalry? Can they slow down Ohio State's offense? Iowa did a pretty decent job. They held them to field goals a lot last week. Can Penn State replicate that and stay within two scores? They did, and I think that final scoreline was not flattering at all for how competitive Iowa was for the better part of three quarters. Eventually, you can only weather the storm for so long before the dam breaks, and when you look at what the Buckeyes had from an offensive output standpoint, not consistent with scoring north of 50 points, but the Scarlet and Gray seem to find a way every single week. When you look at the way this rivalry has gone since James Franklin took over, Penn State hasn't had a lot of success from a straight-up standpoint. They have one outright win. That came back in 2016, I believe, when they won as a 19-point underdog. But they have dominated at the betting window, going 6-2 and two against the number. The problem I have here is that I've seen Penn State step up in class and get absolutely bullied in the trenches by Michigan in a game that probably yeah. wasn't as close as the 41-17 scoreline indicated. And this coming from someone who backed Penn State plus the 7 and was hoping for a miracle in that particular spot. But the Buckeyes' offense... I think still has some questions to be answered. It hasn't been as dynamic in the passing game with Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba dealing with that hamstring injury. Julian Fleming hasn't realized his potential, and Marvin Harrison is a nice piece, but I don't see him as a true number one. The problem I have with Penn State being a live underdog here, I just don't know if they can do enough offensively against this Jim Knowles defense. So I think the number is fair. Uh, I didn't quite make it this high, but the matchup will keep me off making a case for the underdog at more than two touchdowns. All right, what do we like this weekend as a good wagering opportunities? Yeah, we'll mix it up a little bit. We'll go to the NFL with one game and for a contest that I don't think most folks are going to want to watch. But we'll back the Carolina Panthers. We'll do so in the first half plus a field goal against the Falcons. I know a lot of people might be turned off by the situational spot thinking that they'll be flat. But I think that provides a galvanizing impact. When you beat Tampa in the division, you prove that you haven't quit. You get another divisional rival here. And don't look now, but Carolina's first half defense is top five in the league. It's only been late in games when the offense can't carry its weight that they get worn down and some of those scores get a little lopsided. So I think Carolina sells out, stops the run. P.J. Walker and D.J. Moore do enough to get us there, plus three. And as far as college football on Saturday, a pair of games will start in the SEC. It's not the best of the number, but I think this game has boomer bust potential. So we'll take Texas A&M 
plus the points against Ole Miss. First time A&M is going to be at home since they played Miami on September 17th. Ole Miss extremely banged up. I think we saw a greater illustration of who the real Rebels are for the better part of three quarters against LSU. And if Jackson Dart isn't going to be a willing and able runner, it changes what they do there. And a Big Ten game. Uh, We'll go to the big house, and we're going to take Michigan State plus the generous points at north of three touchdowns. We'll call it 22.5 for argument's sake here. Michigan State will be healthier defensively than what we've seen in recent weeks. Guys, this would have been a game right around a touchdown before the season started. Mm -hmm. And the way you beat Michigan State is throwing over the top. Michigan wants to run the football. They want to play bully ball. Uh, I think Michigan State finds a way to hang around in this game, much like they've done in recent years. I'll take Sparty plus that generous price tag at 22.5. Beautiful. Thanks, Todd. We'll talk to you again next week, all right? Always a pleasure, gents. Best of luck with your bets this weekend, and safe travels to Dallas for the Bears game. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you. There's Todd Furman, the Bet the Board podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Todd Furman. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Well, we had... Do you know you're humming, or you just... I always know I'm humming. Yeah. Oh, no, do you know what you're humming? No. Okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. It's okay. I was just curious. Because you do it. You hum a lot coming no, out of the I breaks, like which is totally cool. Yeah. But I don't know what this is. Black, does it say what this oh, is? Oh, don't or? ask. Yeah. Then you're putting him on the spot. Sorry. It's the worst situation going where the uh, the bumpers aren't labeled. Sounds They're like random. Steely no Dan, clue. if I had to guess. Doesn't it sound like Steely Dan? It does. I'll give right? you that. I don't know Shazam- that it is. Shazam it. Yeah, I, think it's, uh, I think it's Coldplay. It's not Coldplay. <laughs> Mark guy. Is there an app for that? There's yeah, Shazam. Be, right? But the Shazam. problem is, is there an app for that? <laughs> uh, all right. I literally right. just gave it as a verb. Shazam it. Shazam it. Yeah. But the problem is the bed's like 50 seconds. So you got to uh, pull yeah, off Shazam. Oh. It's coming yes, gone. And it's gone so before it's, you can it. get the shit. Someone, well, out. someone in Twitch, the Twitch chat, will know what it is. It's yeah. brought to you this week by FanDuel. There somebody, you go. Somebody let us know what that was. And let us know if it was indeed Steely Dan. All right, we got Furman's picks. You know what we need, though, Miller. We need oh. Paulie's picks. This is the only picks that matter. These are the picks that matter. Paulie Cheesecake, everybody, with Paul. All these picks on a Thursday. First now, of all, how did I we had do? A, I, I, wait, I had a, I had a customer at work saying one of their friends listened to you, so he wanted to take a selfie with me right away. Did somebody want to take a selfie with you when they see you? Yeah, yeah, because they heard because a friend of his heard you on the radio okay. from Chicago. All right, good. You, I don't know if I follow the world famous Pauly Cheesecake. He's a friend of his listens to the show. A friend of this guy listens to the show, and they go, "Hey, you're Pauly Cheesecake from Chicago. Ah, Can gotcha. I get a selfie right away?" Yes. Yeah, it, right. it happened on Sunday, so I'm I'm happy about that. All right, now what were your picks last week? What will you two do? Two and your, one. Two and, two and one? one. Okay. All I right. went with the Dolphins and with and with the and I went with the Cowboys. I think you lost but with the, the Bears. You, lost, you, 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 you went against the Bears. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's right. okay. So two okay. and one, that's a winning week, Paulie. That's good. Yes. We like that. Yes. What What do we like here I, now I'm for I'm taking the, Dolph- the Dolphins over the Lions. It seems like you take the Dolphins every week because you love, well, that's my you love team. Miami. I know, but I mean, are you yeah. betting with your heart yeah. or your head? Both. Both. Okay, that's a good answer, actually. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, so we're gonna lay the we're gonna lay the lumber in Detroit, right? The Saints over the Raiders. Uh, we're going to take Saints over I meant, the No, no, I, I meant the Raiders over the Saints. I okay. want the Raiders. Can't take it back. So you want Raiders minus a point and a half? Yes. Okay, Raiders minus one and a half. The Dolphins line at this point is three in the hook. You sure you want three in a hook? You're going to lay three yes, in a I hook? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. And, and 
I was debating about the last one, but I'm going to take Baltimore over Tampa tonight. You're going to take Baltimore. All right, I don't. I can get behind that. You know, Harbaugh is a dog. This is just desperation time, like Furman was saying for the Bucks. It kind of feels like that's right. Right. I don't know if it's their season because that division stinks. But I was going to say the reality is, did you see what the Bucks did last week against the Panthers? They were terrible. (laughs) They were absolutely terrible. So you're taking the Ravens plus the two, right? Yes. Yeah, and, um, and listen, I'm also happy about Sylvie mentioned me because they were in they were in my hometown, Berwyn. They were. I'm still the unofficial mayor of Berwyn. They were. You know exactly where that Pisons is. Yes, on, yeah, on yeah. And listen, Carmen, if I'm ever back there, we're, we're going. We're taking Paulie, everybody there. You know, you're always welcome. You come back into town. You you bring us sandwiches. You're welcome. Paulie, okay? any uh, any festive cheesecakes in the works for this uh, this spooky season that we're uh, that is upon us this uh, weekend? No, but I have a new one. I'm making real soon. It's be caramel with mini Oreo. Ooh, that sounds, that sounds scrumptious. I think Adam Abdallah just gave you a good idea. You should make like some sort of spooktacular cheesecake for this weekend. Uh, uh, uh listen. I in a couple weeks, you know, is my anniversary. You know, with, with the prank. Okay, that's true. Which is uh, like coming up on ten years. I bet, right? No, no, tw- twelve. Twelve. It's that long ago. Jeez, time flies. Yeah, I know. We missed ten. <laughs> You started yeah. this cheesecake business 12 years ago? Yes, I did. And it's still going strong? Yes, it Oh, de- definitely, without a doubt. Do people in Jersey, you know, you're, you go to the East Coast, they're kind of particular about their New York-style cheesecake. You're in Jersey no, now. No, 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 no. I'm no. the real deal, and that's what they want. Do they know that? I mean, you're, you're selling yes, a lot of cheesecake. Oh, yeah, taking listen, selfies listen. on the street. Of course they know that, Carm. Carmen, you know I have a big, fat mouth. You know that. So I don't know you have a big, fat mouth. I mean, Chris, can well, we bring back Polly? When it comes to my cheesecakes, I do. Chris, can we bring back Polly saying, what, what was that line again that was so brilliantly delivered? I think that should be the final word. What did you just I'm tell I'm the us? real deal and they know it or that, something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. That's right. That's right. So Polly, how many units are you moving a week? Yeah, how many, um, how many About at least one or two a week. All right. Okay. That's, that's All right. bad. Who, you know, who buys yeah. these mostly? People at work or one or two? No, no, no. I have customer. I have customer. I have people where uh, where I live too. You know that you too. Do? A little bit of everybody. All right, one or two. We got to figure out a way to ramp up the, uh, you know, like the production here, Paulie. I mean, you should be churning out ten cheesecakes a week, don't you think? Well, with the holidays coming, I know I'll be getting a lot. I, I already right. know that. All right, yeah. so you'll be busier in the kitchen with the holiday season coming. Yes, you make like a pumpkin yeah. and a and a sweet potato. No, 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 not pumpkin. Taffy apple and then chocolate strawberry. That sounds good. All right, I get the taffy apple thing, I guess. But maybe something a little autumnal too, like some sort of pumpkin cheesecake. Maybe like a, a like a mixed or a berry. Turtle. Or a turtle. People want turtle as well. It's more right. of a Christmas thing, but give, uh, I hear yeah. you. Give the people what they want, Paulie. We'll talk to you next That's week. That's right. right. All right. Okay, pal. sounds good. Okay, see right, you. Buddy. I gotta go to work. All okay. right, see you, buddy. There's Make those Paulie's cheesecakes. cheesecakes. <laughs> one or two a week. One or two kilos a week. That's moving some product. That's nothing to sneeze what at. Was Carm. that line it was unbelievable? I'm the real deal, and they people know. It? know I'm the real deal. No, 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 no. I'm the real deal, and people know it. He is Polly Cheesecake, everybody. Uh, let's see. Sam in Westville is going to have the final word. Uh, brought to you by Bath Planet, and then we'll cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have a last word on Carmen and Yurko. 
but I used to get buy oranges and shoot them up with vodka and sell them for like two or three bucks a piece. Just like a whole like a uh, navel orange, right? And just shoot it up. Yeah, and that's just a, it. Yep, just a regular orange. I had everybody in high school walking around with oranges.